0: Welcome in to another edition of 11 Personnel, the SEC Win Totals edition where it's one of our favorite shows of the year because it gives us the opportunity to make fun of every team in the Southeastern Conference and talk just ball. It's just flat out looking at the schedule, looking at the board, and figuring out what's going to happen this season. I'm Nick Roush. He's Adam Luckett, and I, I got to be honest with you. Like I was chomping at the bit to get to this until some some kind of last minute things popped up on, on Monday, or, or hell, today's Tuesday. Classic. Well, last Classic. week was a uh, a busy week.
1: After we recorded, a lot of stuff happened.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot from of the walkout
1: on Thursday, and then a scrimmage, and Jagger Burton committing.
0: It's a lot. All within seventy-two hours. So we'll get I think to seventy-two. Can't we'll, count. Get, we'll get to the fun of the win totals at the end of the show. But first, where, where would you like to start, Luckett? Where, where, where there's there's I feel like we've we could just like it's almost like you're at a derby party and you're you're picking yeah, let's, horses. Let's where, just, which which one do you want to go with first?
1: Let's do uh, let's do chronological, 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 and then. Um, I want to hear you. You give me some derby pitch, and I have derby questions for you. we'll do that at the end.
0: Oh hell yeah! All right, good because it is derby week. It's my it's my Super Bowl. So you're mixing football and derby, man. My head. I'm I'm over here doing a Linda Blair, just trying to to <laughs> figure everything out. It's freaking nuts at the Roush house. But uh, let's start. Let's start with Thursday. So Thursday, Thursday, uh, we're supposed to meet with the defense after practice and. Before it begins, uh, the boss man, Matt Jones, tweets out that don't think the Kentucky football players are going to practice today. And uh, essentially, as players were showing up to the facility, uh, guys saw their teammates visibly upset. Boogie Watson and Josh Pascoe were the two in particular that, uh, as as Luke Fortner said, they were just – something was wrong. Um, They were real distraught over what they had seen on television and the news. So they end up meeting together talking and they kind of get the whole team together in the meeting room and they just start sharing their experiences, talking about all the hell they went through and back really like it, it kind of struck me as like a vent venting type session that just really snowballed and Mark Stoops kind of walks in on it as it's happening and sits down and says, you know what guys, whatever you want to do, I support it. So after they, Kind of set out like here's what we want to do with this here's what we want to do, and here's what we want to accomplish with it. and went downstairs, they put on their practice equipment, and they walked out the other doors, the front doors of the facility, took a a picture uh, by the statues of the four trailblazers that broke the color barrier fifty years ago uh, as, as, a, as a defiant symbolic gesture, kind of um, a middle finger to all the haters and losers, if you will, saying we we're, we're sick and tired of this stuff. Uh, we we're, we're hurting and we're going to fight this thing together. And look at, I uh, just, just hearing Josh Pascal and Luke Fortner who who spoke to the media uh, right around, we were supposed to be speaking with Brad white. It was one of those things that uh, man, a couple of the things they shared, it, it just really cut you deep. And you know, I I'm, I'm just a white guy. I don't, I don't understand and I never will understand what some of those guys have been through. And to hear it, it really just kind of ripped out your heart. But at the same time, it was encouraging to hear how everybody kind of came together as one in such a large group of people.
1: Well, I even think when Stoops went on KSR the next day and gave his statement, I think that even hit a little more closer. You got to kind of see more of who Mark Stoops' the man is, um, what he believes in. And basically, I'm talking about Alex Montgomery situation. Yes. Where, yes. where uh, if you haven't listened, listen to, but long story short, he, uh, player gets injured, can't play. Stoops kind of sees that he might be going the wrong way. So he uh, makes a concerted effort to be kind of a father figure to, to this kid. And that, that, that's, you know, father. That was Stoops' words, not mine. Yeah. Um, when he, when he states that. So, and then just for him, seeing the stuff that, you know, that he's seen that this kid is going through, like get to live it firsthand. And it, I think it makes sense why um, Kentucky was one of the first just college football programs um, to be out in front of the issues on both things. Where they did the marches, the Back, back Life Matter March um, back over the summer, um, where all the team was wearing um, BLM shirts. And then this one, where Kentucky was one of the first college football programs to say they were going to do something, they, they, that theirs was boycotting a practice. And you've seen some other programs follow. Uh, yesterday, Nick Saban and his um, Alabama team marched through um, to downtown, I guess, to the courthouse at Tuscaloosa. Um, and so, I just think – you saw, you heard Josh Paschal say it, Mark Stoops is a player's coach, and he just – he rides, rides and dies
0: with his guys. Mm-hmm. So – and, and the thing that I that really struck me too, um, you know, a lot of people talk about the backlash backlash they're getting. Uh, for one, it's just commendable that Josh Pascal is you know, that dude's a fighter. Uh, if it wasn't evident when he kicked Cancer's ass, he, you know, he takes this criticism to chin and he's willing to be the representative for his teammates because, you know, he can take any of the 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 yokels on the internet going, "Hey, Antifa, you liberal bastard," blah blah blah. But the, the thing that really strikes me in all of this is that, like, you know, they made a point like this isn't a political issue. This is this is an everybody issue. And we should all be in this together. And really, there's no better example for that for Mark Stoops. I mean, Mark Stoops and Joe Kraft are pals. Um, I mean, the, the program is where it is because of their bond together. And I, I think if you were to like, like Stoops is pretty Republican, I think that's very safe to say. And yet he is out on the front lines wearing Black Lives Matter shirt because it's not political to him. He's just standing up for people who who, who need it because he has the platform to do so. And that's exactly what they did this last week. They used their platform to to make a statement to maybe change If – they're not going to change everybody's perspective, but maybe a few people, and, and that's what, what really matters to them. Yeah, I mean, athletes
1: just – they have a voice, especially in college or oh, all sports involved, but college sports too, um, they have a voice more now than ever. And then with the name image likeness um, coming down the chimney, that's even going to um, increase. Um, so you're going to see um, them more be more vocal uh, with situations like this. And this is a big movement going. And a lot of times they take their cues from the professional leagues. And you saw the NBA do what they did. And it's a surprise that, Kentucky, along with other schools, um, wanted to um, use their platform and make a stand.
0: And but I, I I think it was it was also one of those things too where that, it was a nice like I mean Fortner was like come on are we really going to remember this Thursday practice like if any yeah. or to take a day off they can and and they certainly uh-huh. uh, shook things up by doing just that. I will say though, like when they got to Saturday. I don't think it struck me when to, to get things on a lighter note I don't think Eddie Green was too terribly happy with how the offense performed on Saturday and it's really the first time we've heard them uh, him be at least kind of vocal like all right offense wasn't humming on all cylinders uh, he said today we move the ball well in, in between the 20s and then we kick too many field goals and it's kind of what you, I think, would expect at the, at this point in, in, the, in the early parts of preseason practice.
1: I was kind of surprised to hear that because before that, it's just been sunshine and rainbows out of camp for the most part. Coaches hey, but, have been pretty happy.
0: But that's what Grant's there for. He's a salty old dog ready to rain oh, on yeah. everybody's parade. And uh, I, I'm going to jump ahead, and that's why I was just shocked. Absolutely, like, I was texting some other reporters. I was like, did he Did he just say that? And that was what Grant said about Jatai McClain. So I'm I'm skipping ahead chronological order because, holy hell, Adam, Luckett, do we got Barry Sanders in the freaking lineup? I swear to God, I've never heard, never, ever heard Eddie Grant talk about a player who's never seen the field the way that he talked about Jatai McClain after practice today. Yeah, it's pretty good, at least so far. I mean – and, and even when the guys got really good there was always a like like let's be honest these coaches learned in stoops's early years all right we can't set the bar too high and let people down we've got to kind of temper expectations when lynn bowden came in they did the same thing they, they pumped the brakes they they pumped the brakes on a lot of guys but to hear grand not pump the brakes i mean it, i was shocked. i think it's
1: Yeah, I think it's just more evidence that the coaching staff is so, so bullish on this 2020 class. Like, they think the majority of guys are going to be hits. Like, I don't think there's any doubt in their mind. Like, the most of these guys are going to be good players for us. Whereas in other classes, you're going to have, all right, this is a guy, you know, some developmental pieces and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But this class, man, you just hear, you hear grand gush about Bo Allen last week. Right. Um, you hear Ernest Sanders went up and made a 50-50 catch on a 50-yard bomb. That was, that now was a you're beautiful hearing,
0: pass, too.
1: Now you're hearing about Juton McClain. Vito Tisdale is balling out. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's more evidence um, that the staff felt really good about the recruiting work they did in the 2020 class. And I think it's starting to pay off there on the field early. And, well, now you got the redshirt rule where everybody can redshirt this year yeah so you don't don't even have to worry about right (laughs) so you're just gonna get a redo
0: we've been podcasting so long we're finishing each other's sentences but the (laughs) the the, the reason why i I still remember Grant, like it does feel like kind of similar to what he was saying about benny snell back in 2016 because there were some guys and like there were some really talented guys in front of him Uh, jojo camp was a senior you had uh Boom Williams making big explosive runs, and Michael Horton was this big physical back that you thought could could really take a leap forward that year. And he's like, "Man, this freshman, Benny Snell, he, you know, he's he's going to make me." I tell him to make me, make me play. You is the kind of statement he shares for all those guys. And it was kind of similar. I mean, it, it, it's it's very similar in the way that they talk about him. Other than this side, it's more of a kind of mental. Like, he said that McClain knows the offense as good as the other three guys, which is just like, are you – wow. You know, like, this guy's he, – he hadn't been here seven months. So, I'm, I'm excited about number 23. I'm excited about a lot of the guys. And, and to go back to your Bo Allen, uh, to Ernest Sanders, shout-out to UK for sharing that video. That was just well, – thank you. Thank you, because nothing, nothing's worse than whenever a coach will hype up a play and then you never get to see it. I will that, say that, too, that, uh, you saw Bryce Oliver taking it to the crib too. Yeah, on well, the screen. Your your camp TJ Carter, your camp mm-hmm. TJ. Carter. There was one thing that I, I didn't want to forget about McLean. I also put my Adam Luckett uh, contrarian head on and thought, like, is he just, is he just trying to like get under the other guy's skin to make him work harder? Maybe that's part of it, but I still don't think you, you're as, um, I don't know what the word is, gushing to quite the degree that Grant is unless there's something really there, with Tom McLean. So something to be excited about. But that's, that's the coach who would do it, talk about his own position. You're right about that too. Even though Grant typically is the kind of salty dog. Mm-hmm.
1: But then no. he, he said really good things about. We didn't hear anything about smoke today, but mm-hmm. Rodriguez, a steady hand, and AJ Rose, how much he's proved in pass protection. No. So, you, you... Other stuff's coming up, too. Good things on the other
0: backs. I mean, they're really deep. And that, that's the, the what's. Coach, gonna...
1: I don't think it's hard to tell that the coaching staff feels really good about this team. Oh, <laughs>
0: right. you're right. They can't right. wait to
1: go play somebody
0: what they got no they they absolutely can't although there is a like you know you gotta september 26 even though we're getting closer it does feel like it's pretty far away and while this was happening auburn they were not they were not doing anything they were not scrimmaging they were not practicing they're they, they ain't done deadly uh, because they had 16 guys sat on with covid and what it are, are you getting are you are you how, on a scale of one to ten, how, how worried does it make you for the opener that all these dudes from Auburn are, are down right now? I, I haven't really even thought
1: about it like that. Like the game would get possibly postponed. I think it's early enough where they're going to be able to recover by the time kickoff gets here. What we oh. need to worry about is when when it happens, you know, to a team 10, 14 days before kickoff,
0: when that kind of outbreak happens. You're no, you're exactly right. I also thought of it like it's just got to be weird knowing that, like, it's already wreaked hell through that team. Maybe there's some guys on with that. Like, if I was a player, I might have some like kind of concerns, but I guess at this point, you're just going full steam ahead, um, trying to get ready for them to play and then just to go kick their ass, uh, because. Auburn, they're still a good football team, but I do think like that this isn't the – they're not the kind of football team that can easily weather a setback like this uh, just as far as their experience and and kind of what they have to accomplish with a new offensive coordinator yeah, you know, with a weird preseason. Well, important thing to
1: remember with Auburn is, yes, they do have a new offensive coordinator, but Gus Malzahn is still the head coach. So he's brought in a handful of offense coordinators. He's back, He seesawed back and forth, calling plays, not calling plays. And the offense ends up looking the same every year. They still run the same base plays. It's still a ranky dink play-action pass game. And it's all about how, they, how you fit the run when you play Auburn. If you fit the run pretty well, you know, you're in pretty damn good shape. If you don't, um, you could – they could be hanging a crooked number on you. And that's really all – that's what it is when you play Auburn. So, I don't really worry. Like, that offensive stuff, like, I'm fully expecting to see the same offense I've seen from Malzahn the last five years. Gotcha. It's – with them, I think the concern is, all right, you're breaking in a new offensive line, a new offensive line coach. You're replacing all them dudes on that defensive line. I think that that's the – that's I think the concern because for those guys to kind of break in and get better, you have to you have to go full speed, you have to put the pads on, you have to play football. You can't take a week off, right? And now you break, and it's even harder for them when you have to open up with an SEC team like they, as much as anybody in the league, probably needed just a a cobwebs game to start it off to just you know break some rust off, See figure the out what everybody's probably. doing, like. Yeah. Figure out if maybe we shouldn't have started this guy. Maybe we need to, you know, move this guy here, vice versa, something like that. That's where I think. That's where I think the biggest issue um, for
0: Auburn is. Well, and good for Kentucky. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, I mean. The
1: matchup, it, it, Kentucky matched up well with them, and a lot of in this Auburn game, a lot of it's going to be, you know, Auburn's break it. They don't know who their running back's going to be. They're running, they're rotating about three or four guys in there who all look about the same to me. Um, all probably good players, but nothing, nothing special, at least what I've seen yet. And your new all line and what they want to do on offense now. They've got experienced quarterback, and they got a, you know, not the receiver core, um, which could be kind of strength on strength versus Kentucky when you consider that secondary. Um, so, I think the game matches up well for Kentucky. It's just – it's a big game for Kentucky, too, because they they don't ever open up with something like this. Usually right. they have kind of a get-your-feet-wet game, too. Wow. Or Anyways. Auburn does this every year.
0: hmm Which, uh, I mean, this is just a little snippet of how much we get to talk about Auburn for the next month. Um, because kind of on that COVID thing, you know, Graham was asked about uncertainties and whatnot and his biggest one was i'm just just getting to september 26 with everybody and there was something that he he kind of talked about tonight that uh not threw me for a loop but i I hadn't considered basically they got to play a game of designated survivor the mock-up like who are we putting in the bunker in in case x y and z happens and now he, he he posed just like a very simplistic one like if i go down who's calling plays well it's probably gonna be darren henshaw like i, I feel like that's the, the safe pecking order but those are the kind of things that you have to really play out and like today on the offensive line they had darren Kennard at left tackle right guard right tackle they had quentin wilson at center guard guard they had drake jackson at guard like they, they basically were like all right we're we're putting everybody everywhere to know all of the positions possible
1: and yeah. wh- that's an NFL tactic too. Because in NFL, you only get a 53 man roster. Mm-hmm. So you'll see them early in camp, move people around, see who can do what. And it's kind of, I, they're kind of doing the same thing here, just in case something happens or even with injury. But I think on the line, like you probably have, Sharmer probably has eight to nine guys, or maybe let's say 10 guys. He, if we had to play them, I feel like we could play them. Mm -hmm. But I would like to – I would like to, like, be certain about eight to nine. He's probably certain about, like, six guys right now. But he would try to like to get certain about eight or nine, and that's when you see that rotation um, come in, as we've seen in the past in some seasons.
0: Yeah, and I think the first two off the bench he's comfortable with, Nasir Watkins and Quentin Wilson. I I get the vibe that those two guys – Wilson can be the utility guy on the inside and Watkins can be the, you know, he can play both tackles. He's, he's done both at Kentucky. Uh, in, in the same kind of applies for receiver as well, where they're, they're bouncing some guys around out there trying to see who fits what, when, where, how, uh, in first time, I haven't heard Bryce Oliver's name in a while because he was kind of talking about how uh, a guy gets moved down, uh, If they don't do well, you you try this position. If you don't do well, well, then you're going down or wrong till the next price. Then we try again. So we've reached the throwing it up against the wall, and seeing what sticks portion of the preseason. And we also uh, have reached the point of the preseason where we're finally got some some game times, Adam Luckett. And uh, I I wasn't shocked when I didn't hear the CBS news uh, surrounding Kentucky's name, but I was shocked when we found out that uh, Kentucky's still the SEC network. Well, no, they're not even the 7.30 SEC network special. They're basically the noon SEC network kickoff for this season. They got the Jefferson pilot time slot. It's like, uh, this isn't the Jefferson pilot time slot team. When's Missouri going to play? When's Arkansas going to play if Kentucky's playing all these games? Like, what the hell? Yeah. I, uh,
1: I don't know how the scheduling is working because th- – CBS only did six games.
0: <laughs> yeah, they skipped weeks. Like, you, we know the first two weeks, but we don't know the third week. I, it was bizarre to me. The, the problem is – the problem is, Nick, SEC and that Network, both, they
1: have to have those slots filled. So, they're going to get – after CBS, those, for the most part, are going to get – um. Um, prime selections I have to fill those spots, and then everybody else will
0: trickle elsewhere. One reason too, like it while I was really disappointed that Kentucky didn't get one of those ESPN time slots, I really like the Joe Tess, Greg McElroy, Holly Rowe combo. That's that's a hell yeah. of an announcing team. That's solid. Yeah, I, I, I like. Both you see, of those uh, guys. Big Mike Gulick is back in college football. He'll be in yeah. the booth this year. How did you like uh, Mike Gulick Jr. on the FCS kickoff? I, i'm still i'm still tbd on
1: him um a couple times i've heard him he's done a, i think he's done a good job but I, I i need more i need to get more from him because mm. i'm trying to figure out what like what he what he's going for kind of thing because i think he does bring some good accidental stuff but there's also a pat McAfee vibe um to there and i think that's kind of a that's kind of a interesting if oh, you can walk it, it it's awesome but if you can not i think you can go wrong one way or the other so i'm oh, still so trying to fill him out
0: you're wondering if you need to tell him to get off your line with all this these the jokey mc joke maker over here
1: i think i think you can you can pull that off i think but
0: like i think he does a
1: good job um going back to his playing days and talking some excellent old stuff too so
0: he's he's quick-witted man he's, he's at yeah. least quick like he'll slide some little things in there that you don't notice but I enjoyed the hell out of that FCS kickoff game. I mean, FCS football is just such a – just beautiful mess. And it was perfectly encapsulated by the graphic where Oats of all for Austin P has six – or 11 completions and six punts. Like, what are you (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it was just an absolute mess. You had big plays. You had the dude with the mullet, uh, the tight end lo- dropping the shoulder and and hitting the truck stick. I mean, that game had mm-hmm. everything, including uh, uh, two touchdowns in the final minutes. I mean, it like it was it was it was nuts. It was absolute chaos. My favorite thing yearly about the football season started starting is that
1: you get a game like that between two quality FCS teams. Those same kind of teams are playing in December in the FCS playoffs and no one's watching. But you st- you put it at the beginning of the year after there's just been this long layoff and this thirst for college football, especially this year, it's just been even more magnified. And people are treating that like it's, it's the greatest thing <laughs> they've ever seen. Like Twitter Twitter was awesome the whole night through it. And it gave, a, gave us a wacky fourth quarter with a um, crazy ending, but both teams going down um, to score there at the end. So it was just it was just fun to have that to have college football twitter back during a live moment uh was pretty fun and just to be able to watch college football and another thing about it like if you're used to watching a game like that like if you watch the Mac at all or if you watch late night Mountain West kickoffs because you're chasing you're not like those crowds did not bother you like that's what you're used to <laughs> but you know it's just like it, you don't even notice it it's like oh there's. There's five
0: people up there and a
1: a bunch of bleachers, but you got a
0: mom with her lucky cowbell right. ringing it yeah, in the stands Yeah, you know? and he
1: just it does you don't even it has no um effect on you you're just used to it
0: oh I mean that was great you had a a great high school finish uh the game that before that mm-hmm. that led Cincinnati into it where, yeah where Cincinnati say next decides they they convert third and short so I think I don't know if the other team still had timeouts or not. But they're up a touchdown with two minutes to go, and they decide let's let's throw the ball one first down. And what happens? Oh, the quarterback gets strip sacked, like, mm-hmm. and then they go down and score a touchdown right away. I mean, it well, was after just...
1: that was right after uh, Brownsboro team I think made a bad a mistake or went for it when they shouldn't. There was there was gaffs on both sides. Oh man, a lot of that's first game though, man. Oh. When you're just playing your first game, you don't really know what's going to happen.
0: Well, and the thing was too is whenever that happened, I was like, just doing my football thing in the chair, like you idiots. Why are you throwing the ball? Stupid, stupid. And my wife looks at me and she's like, Are you really getting mad right now at <laughs> at, at a bunch of teenagers you don't know playing football? I'm like, Yes, because it's football, and I I'm I want to be mad at it. And it's not like a mad. It's just like a I'm right, you're wrong, you idiots even My though, wife will like, do she'll do the thing like what like if i
1: make a if i yell or do something then i'm like then i have to go down explaining it and then it takes me too long to explain it and then i disappoint. have to go you know then i have to
0: explain <laughs> something else and i'm just like nothing don't worry about it <laughs> it's you know what it reminds me of like it it's it's whenever i i think this is like an overall women thing you'll be driving in the car and then they just <gasps> and you yeah. think you're about ready to get t-boned and really it's just oh my god look how cute this dog is on my phone and you're like damn it what can you can we can we can we figure out the scale of gasp you know like mm-hmm. I'm about to get hit by a car that kind of gas versus oh my gosh look a cute dog on the side of the road like let's let's find a happy in between but hey we're back to to screaming about college football things are feeling more normal and Look it. I, I think we've only got one more thing before we get to to rogue and stuff, and that was Jagger Burton committing Sunday night, which I, I think we we kind of all expected it, especially after uh, we found out that it was going to be at KS Bar and Grill. But nonetheless, did you see
1: what Mister Burton did to his Twitter header.
0: Man, what a move! <sighs> did you get worried at all when you saw that? No, I, did, I I
1: like man. As soon as you and Freddie interviewed him at KS Bar for a podcast. And then you saw Alabama and Ohio State loading up on OLs. Like all the signs were pointing to him coming to Kentucky. Yeah. So I, I like I had a pretty good hunch that he was going to commit, and especially it being at KS Bar, all signs. If it wasn't, it was going to be like the most troll move of all troll moves to go that way and then pull the rug out from under everybody.
0: How hilarious would it have been if he threw on that yellow Oregon hat. And uh, it, it was. It uh, was. I'll give him credit.
1: They got down to business on the announcement. Didn't mess oh around. man,
0: that was a blogger's dream. Absolute blogger's dream to to be able to have that kind of like the noon kickoffs. Like selfishly, like oh, you mean uh, the game's over with, and I can like watch other games throughout the day. Like mm-hmm. not by me, but also it's just not as it's not as cool with having that night kind of build up.
1: But yeah, it's cool having the build up and the hype. Kind of you spend all day getting ready for the game.
0: Yeah, yeah, but like in commitments nobody likes waiting around the justin rogers one might have been the most drawn out like not suspenseful but it was just because you you it it took so long that you got to the point of like is he is he ever going to announce they had a video that didn't work which i mean the fact that the video worked at the bar and we got our technology to work that's like Mark, put that in the KSR <laughs> history books because that's never <laughs> happened before. Um, uh, but all in all, uh, things went off, went out of hitch, and and now Frederick Douglass is p- painted blue. You yeah, got two more kids are high after in that next
1: class 2021. Thank he and Ty Bryant.
0: Yeah, couple of
1: legacies. Yeah, but it was it was big to get a prime time offensive lineman, especially after missing on a few in Lexington in specific and Jed Wills and Walker Parks to be able to get him um, kind of add some emphasis to the big blue wall and what you're building. Not only are you doing it on the field, but you're you're getting guys um, in the, on the recruiting trail, especially in your own backyard.
0: Yeah, and, and that's what the big blue wall was built on, Landon Young and Drake Jackson. I mean, that's it been four or five years of just steady play, uh, and, and they, those two played a big part of it, and it helps to have fans who can identify with it because you know, there's been other guys, uh, Mason Wolf played a key role, but having the the big names from the hometown really pops. Um, which by the way, you mentioned Jedrick Wills, you see where he's day one left tackle starter for the Browns. Mm-hmm. Man. That's what happened top 10 pick, you're gonna play right away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no time to learn, but
1: the. The building of this offensive line is kind of textbook how you have to do it if you're a program like Kentucky. A five-star in your backyard, got to go getting, Landon Young. Another elite recruit in your backyard, Drake Jackson, go get him. And then after that, you know, it's plucking the Darian Kennard from Ohio. It's um, taking in guys like Luke Fortner, Mason Wolf, who were low three stars, um, developing in them and turning them into um, solid players after years of growth in the program. And then a mix of that, where you're talking about getting uh, the star talent in high school, mixing it with um, having an eye for talent and being able to develop it um, with some lower rank guys and having them all mesh together. I think that's how you do it at a program like Kentucky. Like you have to, you're only gonna get so many chances to get, you know, top 200 type players. Mm-hmm. so when you get them in your program like it's really important to hit on them especially guys that are local because if you miss on some local guys then, then. the next crop is kind of looking at giving you that side eye like
0: yeah
1: i've seen a guy that was similar to me not succeed there wise and he's succeeding there especially when you see some of these guys that are that have gone to alabama from the area damien harris and jeb wills they go there and been really good. Yeah, yeah. So that's something you have to compete against. Um, so I think that that's in a perfect world, I think that's if Kentucky's looking at themselves in the mirror, like that's how that's how we would draw it up on the board, how it will work.
0: Two two young guys that I think can kind of fit that Mason Wolf type blueprint where they're lower three stars, but they really turn into quality offensive linemen. I think Eli Cox mm-hmm. from uh, Nicholasville fits that yeah. bill. Um and and I also think that the Wallabaugh kid, who's in this class, who's mm-hmm. I, I think he's he he's a little bit higher ranked, but I, I think he's gonna end up being a really talented player. Yeah, I, 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 he's one of my favorites in this class. So I think he's really good. Yeah, so Kentucky right now, their recruiting ranking isn't the sexiest. Um, yeah, meant- but Nick,
1: it's it's up there. Like it's now with that that's that was a much needed star power. Now it's right there. Like it's the average star rating that you could expect is right to be like thirty five, somewhere in the mid thirties. Mm-hmm. so that's 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 where you want to be every year if you can be right there and if you look at the sec like kentucky's clumped right there together with like 9 10 11 12 13 and then Vanity at 14 like they're all in that group and like they're just all those schools like missouri arkansas Ole miss south carolina and kentucky they're all like you're splitting hairs so if you can get yeah. to that ninth or tenth spot that that's a good spot to be and they're not, they're not far, they're not far from that. Um, now they, they still have a lot of work to do. Um, and I think they've still got a chance that Noah Josie kid um, down there in Nashville, that offensive lineman, yep. four-star. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rayshon Benny, obviously they're still in play for him. And there'll be some other guys that we'll see pop up here and there'll be the, the commitments too, that they might be some guys they have to recover from. So there's still a long way to go, but this class was always going to be judged on, man. Yeah, what if Burton and crowdus could you get
0: them out of Douglas? And, and you got them. And, and yeah, and especially and so. For... No matter
1: what, I don't think what. No matter what happens from here, this class is. I think you have to consider it a success because those were the two guys you had to get. And as long as nothing, um, nothing that we're not forecasting happens, yeah, they'll right. be on your team next year. And I think that's going to help you get these next two out of there too. So I, I just think that was uh that was the goal for the 2021 20, class, and I think they accomplished it.
0: And, uh, you know, you can't have, you know, 2020 classes every year. You know, you, you can't do that all the time. Uh, where you, you're hitting on all of them, but you can build some momentum next year. Know, today they just started uh, – it, it became the contact uh, period for juniors. They could A lot of thing
1: about this class, too, is the momentum never really got going
0: because of the they didn't have spring to get kids there.
1: Yeah, well, that and like um they didn't have a big time quarterback like commit early um to get get things going. Mhm. Burton who was the big fish in the class took his time, which he right. had – that's his choice to do. Mm-hmm. But obviously that would you know, if you get somebody like that early that that'll help you a little bit when commits start flying off the wall there in the summer.
0: And Man. so
1: like so they they really – they just could not get the momentum. Ohio – recruiting Ohio has just been weird this cycle. Um, a lot of it's due because they've, they've had a lot of, you know, top 100 guys and Ohio State just got all of them. Right. And then there's right. kind of a drop-off there. Um, so, it's been a weird year from that from that standpoint. Um, but I think they've kind of they – piecemealed it together a little bit. And by getting, you know, five of the top eight right now in the state of Kentucky um, –
0: not too shabby. You're in
1: a good spot, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. And Christian Lewis too. He did, he did pretty good the other night. He had three yeah, touchdowns. That's gonna be one. Out. Yeah, eighty-one He's, yard or two.
1: He keeps balling out. That's gonna be one. Gotta that keep. They're gonna have to work for
0: Your your Auburn's in your in the deep south. Right. Yeah, away from them. Um, well, enough's enough. It's time to get to what we've been waiting for. SEC win totals. Get out your books. We're we're gonna make some money, Adam Luckett. And Let's roll. We're using lines that Bovada put out a week ago, so they may have may have slightly changed, but our good friend SEC Mike tweeted these out on August eighteenth, I believe. So they're they're just a little over a week old, um, and I, I just kind of want to go the top down through divisions, and we can make these kind of quick hitters uh, where we don't Do have. to. Do you want to start West ball? or East first? Uh, let's go with the West. Um, because, uh, well, they're not, the, they're not our division. They're not – the cats aren't there. So, we'll we'll save Kentucky, the best for last. Um, starting with Bama at nine, and Luckett, do you think any team's going to go undefeated and win 10 SEC games this year? I had Bama nine and one losing to LSU. Yeah.
1: Now, I, I, LSU is having some type of roster um, turnover that we've never really even seen. It's Kentucky basketball level roster turnover
0: and Jamar Chase is now opting out. that's what I did with Jamar
1: Chase and Tyler Shelvin who is their best defensive player or not the best singles their best player the best defensive lineman who's potentially a top 15 pick he's out too oh wow oh. so like I wonder if Jamar Chase has been practicing and it's like man this Miles Brennan ain't it brother <laughs> I'm getting out of here you know because he's been practicing for a while yeah, um, yeah, you know, you have to want. I wonder, like, I, you have to wonder they're at LSU, and this is part of Adam's camp, so our training bus. So, hop on. Like, the groups LSU's in with all of these programs have dudes that are in this situation every year where they come off a big maybe sophomore year, they enter their junior year, they could easily sit out if they wanted to. Um, and they have 50 50 draft decisions that a lot of times go their way. For example, Najee Harris is back at Alabama. But at LSU, they had some 50-50 decisions. Um, Thaddeus Moss, the tight end, he mm-hmm. goes NFL. So you see like you see this exodus, like why what, what's going on? Why is like Alabama Clemson? Why are they able to in Georgia, why are they able to get some guys to stay, stick around? And why is this I this just makes me think. Why does this happening at LSU after you know, you couldn't even have a better year. Why? Where would you know? Why would you want to leave? But all this is happening. I, I just makes me wonder.
0: I, I think some of it is, may, maybe some of those guys think they had lightning in a bottle. Um, yeah. I, I, I think that certainly plays a part of it. Uh, not having Joe Burrow or Joe Brady back, if you're an offensive guy, I'm sure that makes yeah, you second guess. It
1: should, certainly doesn't help lose both of your coordinators for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Brandon so Baylor
0: and then Brady. And, and you throw in the COVID factor. And like you were, you would have been asking those guys to do a lot in a regular season. Uh, and now they just have an excuse to go. So, like, that's why I mean, n- now they can just go, they can go give, mm-hmm. get their monopoly money from Odell Beckham yeah. and just cash in now. You know, yeah.
1: why, why the hell not? Well, it wasn't like they decided early though. They like went, they went through the hard stuff. <laughs> like, you're going through can't, like, that's the hard part, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. like, why, why? – wow. Why are why are they making this decision? I just think I just think it's it's interesting. Like it just makes me think. what is something more? Is there something more to there than we're like than we like seeing right now? Um, so to answer your question, yes, I think Alabama's gonna run the table.
0: Oh, okay. So you've got the over. I'm just on the. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't pl-
1: I wouldn't play that, but that's my pick. Like if you made me pick a side, um, over or under, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm gonna lead towards that over.
0: Yeah, and I even though this is the kind of bounce back saving year that he's notoriously good at, I'm taking under. I'm just the notion that nobody's going to go, uh, 10 and zero. I'm just going to stick my guns to it. The the number we had for LSU was eight and I'm sure that that's gotta be like seven and a half now. Uh, Yeah. You would, if you could lock it in at eight that under, I would go ahead and do that. Even though they do have a pretty manageable that's what I get
1: they're still gonna go I think at least seven and or they'll have a really good shot at seven and three a puncher's chance at eight and two probably come down to that a and m game at the end because yeah. that schedule is awesome and they yeah. I, like they're still uber talent
0: they really couldn't have I mean as long as you make keep the pirate at bay in that that first game I mean you don't play anybody till week four in Florida you got auburn buy Alabama and finish up your Texas and I mean you, you Seven and three is very, like I feel like you're not even asking much at that point to to go seven and three. So getting to eight would be too tough if it's at seven and a half. But I would still just worry about. Oh, you you worry about the turnover too much to touch it. So I I would stay away from it as well. I'm I'm taking the under eight, and even if it's seven and a half, I'm probably taking yeah, calling them seven and three.
1: Thing with LSU is where do they get upset? Because you look at these these opponents like Vanderbilt, no, Missouri, no, Mississippi State. Maybe if it was later in the season, but that's probably a little too early uh, mm-hmm. for Leach to have that thing humming. Plus, it's at home at LSU, right. South Carolina, no, um, at Arkansas, no, Ole Miss <laughs> at home. Maybe at the end, maybe that's the one. But they get them at home, and then at the other four games, you know, Alabama, A and M, Auburn, Florida. Um, three of those are on the road. But you got to think they get one of the three. And if they get one of those three, that's a seven and three season.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I feel like seven and As long as
1: things don't go wrong, seven and three, uh, you should feel pretty good about that. And if you get it, the total – that's why I expect that total probably to get to seven and a half, eight. It'll stay right there. I don't think it'll um, drop down to seven. If it drops at seven, just go ahead and play that over because you should feel pretty safe that they're going to at least get seven.
0: We we, we talked a little bit about Auburn. Auburn. earlier in the podcast but i am just bearish on i think that's the right word uh on on the Tigers this year Well, bullish is like you think they're gonna be good i'm oh, the okay. opposite yeah, yeah 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 yeah
1: suck it auburn because yeah I'm, this is my favorite this is probably my favorite well it's not my favorite one but it's one of my favorite ones so on
0: the card. I, they're at seven and because I, I think when you go through this, you want to just write down your walk-up wins, and I'm mm-hmm. counting up one, two, three, maybe four, and and that, and that's counting Mississippi State as one. And I don't know if you can do that. They don't have just a lot of just guaranteed wins. They've got a ton of toss-ups and maybe just downright L. So I. Based on that, based on all of the turnover on the offensive and defensive line, I, I'm I'm taking the the under seven with Auburn.
1: Yeah, Nick, I got them at five and five. I I've got the under two.
0: Yeah, and, and and when I
1: even drew that out, that's even with a, a win against Kentucky.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, because like Tennessee, uh, I, as much as we hate them, like mm-hmm. I mean that they, they've got they've got a tough sled here. And here's the thing between uh, the cross
1: divisional games, um, that's not counting Georgia. Just Tennessee, Kentucky, South Carolina, you know, I think at best you hope for two and one there. Yeah. Um, and so then you have to go to Georgia. You have to go to Alabama. Those are probably losses. Mm-hmm. So that's three losses right there. The total seven.
0: Yeah. yeah. So you're
1: sitting at seven and three, and you still got games with LSU at home. You still got to go at Ole Miss. You still got to go to Mississippi State, and you host Texas A&M. So you know, I don't think you're running the table there. No, no. So I feel pretty dang strong if it, that, that number's at seven to play the under. Um, I think it's five and they're looking
0: at five and five, six and four. You're, and you're, you're this is a lock it, lock it, lock it up. Yeah, get is, that, get that this, seven while you can. When I'm going to
1: release. I guess I'll need to do it next week, but I'll release my best probably six or seven. I'll go through everybody. Um, maybe I'll be going through a Big Ten one too. We might. We'll <laughs> see about that. But yeah, this is that. This one will be on there. Auburn. Um, give me the under seven or six and a half, whatever it is. As long as it's six or half seven, I really like it.
0: Texas A and M. I think I like this one a lot too. Like it. Yeah,
1: I'm. I'm right there with you.
0: And this number is at six. Like it. Which one are you taking to this? Are you on the under or the over?
1: Yeah, I'm on the over. I think A and M finished the second in the West.
0: Oh, man, I am too. And it's it's one of those things where from the like a lot of these teams you identify with the quarterback, and Kellen Mond has never. Really overly impress me, but Texas A&M still has a lot to offer. And the way I look at it, when as far as their lock it up games to hit that over, all you have to do is win one game against LSU, Florida, Bama, and Tennessee. Do I think they're going to get Bama? Probably not. But the way that things are going, to LSU, uh, the wheels, uh, you know, they kind of seem shaky. Tennessee they're kind of similar in that they are they're pretty deep but quarterback play can be shaky so i i think that you you can get one out of those four games and and go ahead and get your over
1: i think the lsu the news of this roster attrition i think it helps out a&m the most Um, because i think that that game leans more towards them especially with it being at home um obviously alabama is going to be tough um, but you avoid georgia you get florida at home and then they're just more talent. They have more talent than all these other teams. At Tennessee will be a little tough, um, but I just like how it shakes out for them. I think this is a, the year Jimbo kind of gets his big season, and I think they win seven to eight. So locking that over.
0: Yeah, and uh, is it because maybe they drew Vandy? Or are we just going to give overs to all the SEC West teams that drew Vandy? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, that so. might that that could be the swing card <laughs> there for sure. <laughs> Which these I love
1: the next but, two. But A and a weird schedule though, because they could easily start one and two, and then all we're gonna hear is how Jimbo stinks. <laughs> but then they—you look at the schedule;
0: they could win out too, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but hey, just just win one of those early ones, right? Go ahead and upset Florida. Yeah, but if you win one of those, the, yeah,
1: you're in a you're in a really good spot.
0: Uh, egg ball time. All right, we got Ole Miss three and a half. A full game better than Mississippi State at two and a half, which kind of surprises me. Just from what uh, Joe Moore had left in the cover for the Bulldogs and how things ended last year. Of uh, like, which one would you like to go with first? Let's start with a lane, the lane train.
1: Yeah, ah like. What? What's the number three and a half?
0: Three and a half. And here's the here's yeah. the guaranteed wins that you have for Ole Miss, Arkansas, Vandy, and South Carolina. Yes, I'm counting the South Carolina game. Suck it, Must Champ. Uh, <laughs> Do those on the road, though. I mean, they're the worst two teams, but. Yeah, they're the worst two teams. If you get some semblance of normalcy, mm-hmm. you, can, you can almost lock those up. And the the reason why I'm on the over is because Mike Leach, for as fun as he is, he's terrible against his rivals. Absolutely dog crap against Washington and Apple Cup. Yeah. He's traded his apples for eggs, and I don't think they're going to do him any favors. So I've got Ole Miss in the over. And I'm going to take it to the bank because I I think you're going to get points no matter what with this team. Uh, They're going to give up a lot, but I think you're going to get points, Matt Corral and Elijah Moore back there slinging it around. Just in a vacuum, I think Ole Miss has a better roster.
1: And then I like that they get Florida and Alabama out of the way early. Just get those losses out of the way, take, take your lumps, yeah. and then kind of build something. You get Vanderbilt before the bye, which is nice, and you get South Carolina after the bye. Um, so a three and a half, I would lean over. I think they can get to four and six. I think they got a puncher's chance at five and
0: five. Well, and they can also. I mean, like they can upset an Auburn at home. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's a big. That's a big spot for them. I think Auburn at home, and
1: then you know, late in the year, it's Can you? What do you do against at AM or at LSU? Can you kind of give them one of them? They'll give one of those teams a scare, I would think, at the end of the season.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's Lane Kiffin. That's Lane Kiffin ball for you. So I, I like them at four and six. Now, Mississippi State, this is a little bit different story, but here's something. I mean, the SEC really did hand Mike Leach a nice little platter where in their, their additional games in the East, they picked up Vandy and Missouri, both at home. Just break them down, right? There's two wins, and they already play Arkansas at home, and all you have to do is get to three. Like, come on, Mike Leach. You got to give me three wins with KJ Costello, Colin Hill, and uh, uh what, what's uh, the uh, Earl Thompson on defense? there, There's enough pieces there that you can get to three wins with this schedule. I don't care if it's a 10 game SEC schedule, Mike Leach can do this in year one. This was a total, I think, that opened at four at some other places.
1: And it moved fast down to to two and a half it's at. You look at their schedule, man. They have to go – in separate months, they have to go to LSU, to Alabama, to Georgia. So, waiting on them in each third of the season is just a gauntlet, just an automatic lose. Um, You get, you know, confidence, potential breaking game. Um, so when I, I just look at it, man, like two and a half is probably the perfect number. Like I think it's two and eight, three and seven is what they're looking at. So it's really how you feel. When I rolled it up, I had them at two and eight. So, I mean, I guess I would lean under. But, I, I, I mean, I, it's a stay away there at two and a half for me because I think it's a um, pretty, pretty good shot. It's either at three and seven or two and eight. I think it's going to be a long season for them. Um, I think missing spring ball was, has the biggest impact. On them more than anybody else in the league, just because you're, it's just brand new. I mean, it's brand new, everything on both sides of the ball. Going from, you know, a multiple kind of 3 4 4 3 to this weird, funky 3 3 5 stack on defense. And then offensively, um, you're going from, you know, RPO everything with Joe Moorhead to, you know, running mesh meshes and four birds and just doing nothing but pass it with Michael Each. It's just, and, it's just to, it's just a total change, I think, and I think it's oh, it, going I think that when we get to November, December, that's what we're gonna be talking about. Like it was a year zero, year zero situation for them because of everything was at play um, for the Bulldogs.
0: They undoubtedly have the most question marks, but like, come on, Arkansas and Vandy take care of business and then just beat Missouri or Ole Miss. That's that's all you got to do to hit that number. And I, I have enough mm-hmm. faith in the power to rally the troops. And if I was an Arkansas fan, um, you, you get to play Missouri. So you got that going for you. Rivalry. The border mm-hmm. war, right? Is that what they call it? <laughs> yeah, they got a trophy and everything. Oh, man. For Arkansas, like, they'll,
1: they'll get Thought somebody. Some they'll get somebody, but this thing is murderous row. You can't get a more, t- uh, uh, a more ga- daunting slate. And what no. uh, Birmingham put in front of the Hogs?
0: Yeah, hundred-year check must have pissed somebody off in Birmingham. Like, there's no other explanation. <laughs> it's a, it's a stupid yeah. schedule, and they didn't even throw them. Vanity. Yeah, you
1: have to screw somebody, and Arkansas was we'll who they decide to screw.
0: Might as well screw the pigs. All right, on to the <laughs> SEC East. Uh, Georgia has the highest over/under the line set at eight and a half. Uh, Adam, Luckett, where were you feeling on yeah, the Georgia that's, Bulldogs?
1: It's perfect. I got them at an eight and two. So
0: yeah, I, I'm I'm the same way because
1: laying that over um, at eight, that's tough, especially with an Alabama road trip on the on the schedule.
0: An Alabama road trip. You have still got the cocktail party, um, and I know they've had Florida's number, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I I think that's I think yeah. I mean, it you a record uh, for Georgia.
1: If you think they're going to win the cocktail party, though, I could see how you could talk yourself into the the over. You're just not leaving yourself any room for error. Especially – For me, when I pick season totals, I like – I want to have wiggle room. Like, I want to see – like, I I want it to be over the total, and then I want to have – can I give myself a game or so in case there's an upset or injury or who knows what else. And with with this total, it's the perfect number, the eight and a half, because it's going to be eight or nine, in my opinion.
0: And this is one of those – the way their schedule sets up too, it could be derailed by week four. Um, Because even though they start with a cupcake at Arkansas, Auburn, Tennessee, Alabama, three in a row. And you got the rivalry aspects in two of those three where things can get a little wonky. This could be Tennessee's time to uh, show the world that they're back. Um, So, like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of just – it can get really hairy there. And I I think that's why you got to stay away from it or take the under. The schedule, I mean,
1: wins are baked in after the bye
0: um,
1: because they get a week to prepare for Florida. But the last four, they're going to be heavy favorites in. But these sandwich spots, like you talked about, Tennessee, um, Arkansas the week before rivalry Auburn, Tennessee the week before the rivalry Alabama, Kentucky the week before the bye week where you're getting ready for the cocktail party. Like those are – in two of those games, uh, uh, Kentucky gets them on the road. That's the only only spot they – well, Arkansas, excuse me. But, but Kentucky gets them. I think Kentucky gets them a great spot. I think they're going to have a really good chance to mm-hmm. um, get an upset there.
0: And you, you, you're breaking a new quarterbacks. You do have a real new yeah. offensive coordinator. I just I, stay away or go with the under. Um, and they're a team.
1: They just lost uh, a receiver who was pro- who had a chance to be their probably their second best receiver. I oh, think it's uh, Dominic Blaylock.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, UK uh,
1: tie there. His brothers played here.
0: Yeah, and one of them was on like an MTV reality. No, Bachelor. He was on The Bachelor. J.D. So, Harmon was on that show. So losing show. him, I think, I think hurts you. That entry bug, it's popped
1: up there in Athens with the quarterbacks mm-hmm. going through some issues and then um losing him, I think, is a big one. Um That's just something to keep an eye on. They still got some other dudes there, but, you know, another injury or two at that receiver position, and then then they're really thin, and then they might be forced to kind of go to ground and pound.
0: This, uh, this Florida team, the line is at seven and a half. Like it, and I want to pick the over if I know who I'm getting. So I kind of want to wait till the season gets a little bit closer mm-hmm. on this one, because uh, when you look at the baked in wins, I mean they start pretty slow, and you got A and M and Mizzou or A and M and LSU back to back. That's likely a split. Yeah, you're likely splitting those. And then you've got Georgia, Kentucky, Tennessee, really uh, the way that I kind of looked at it is if you beat Georgia, Kentucky, or LSU, you can reach your, your eight and two mark. Mm -hmm. Uh, You just, just beat one of them. And I, I I think they'll get one of those. Um, And that's me being bullish on Kentucky, even though the cats, like objectively speaking, have given Florida fits. They've still found ways to win as of late. Mm And I, they should be able to get to to that, but that's what we we mentioned it earlier with the Trayvon Grimes, the Kadarius Tony, and all these players. Like, I, I know they're back at practice, but that's just a situation that I'm careful and I'd, I'd probably end up staying away. But if you made me, I'd take over seven and a half. I think seven and a half again is a perfect number for me. Looking at Florida' schedule,
1: all right, Nick? Remember the Georgia games in Jacksonville. Who's Florida losing to at home? Like, if they beat LSU at home. They get Kentucky in a really good spot because it's a week after Kentucky plays Alabama. And they got Vandy the week before. So, so yeah, so getting LSU at home, you kind of, that that cleans up your uh, your home slate. Um, and depending on how you feel about the cocktail party, you can talk yourself into it either way. I think they're going to lose, so that's why I had them at seven and three. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you if you think they're going to clean up at home, which the schedule kind of sets up for them to do that, I think it's very easy to talk yourself into that over. I like get them getting eight two, especially if you think they're the best team and they're going to win the division.
0: And I could, I could also see some weird scenario where Tennessee makes the, the season finale a bowl game and kind of wrecks it though. Tennessee's a, a weird team. We'll, we'll just go to yeah, Tennessee. I'm, I'm excited for that game. I think
1: that's going to be a cool game in the season.
0: Yeah, I, I think it will as well. Let's, let's skip Kentucky. We're, we'll just save them for last uh, Tennessee. They've got it set at four, which Kentucky actually a little above them at four and a half. And, Look at, I feel like they have almost four automatic wins already on their schedule with South Carolina to open the season, Missouri at home, Vanderbilt, and uh, I guess I'm counting Texas a and Or no, Arkansas, excuse me. Uh, I missed that one. So I feel like they've got four pretty gimmies right there. And then at that point, you're just fishing for them to – I mean, you just need one more win. Uh, you know, it, it shouldn't be too much to ask even though you've got a – all of the the top teams in the SEC all on their schedule. Nick, this total stinks. And I mean it stinks out loud.
1: Why is this only at four? Like why like we've heard about Tennessee all offseason. How like they're the you know they're the they're the next in line. They're this they're that. Why why is this line at four? That it just doesn't make any sense to me. I, I've got a miss- clear I've got it clear over two games, but this makes me think, what am I missing here? Does Vegas know something about their is quarterbacks? It, is there something about Tennessee that we need to know? I mean, the schedule is brutal. You is you have to play. Is to
0: get the fan? Something happening there?
1: Yeah. I mean – Take out LSU and then you're playing out the top probably other seven, eight teams, you know, when you're looking at Georgia, Kentucky, Alabama, Texas A&M, Auburn, Florida. So, whatever that math is, that's – you know, you're playing the best of the best outside LSU. But, man, I don't. I just don't know. The South Carolina game is huge for both teams. With South Carolina, Nick, um, I don't know if we want to get on our bus right now.
0: Let's get on our bus and go to South Carolina. And I'm just going to tell you before that uh, I'm taking the under. Come on. You think I'm going to do something nice for Will Muschamp? South, South Carolina
1: has a problem at the skill positions. They're like running back Marshawn molly which we talked about, out for the ACL. Their other running backs, it's just, you know, you don't know, but it, it doesn't look very promising. At wide receiver, they've got Shy Smith, who's played for them for a little bit, It's pretty good. But after that, they've got a kid by the name of Luke Doty, was a dual threat quarterback out of Myrtle Beach. And when you see Luke Doty, think kind of like Jake Locker, okay? Okay. Like it's really the athletic at quarterback. Um, can play multiple positions if you need him to. Runs a really fast 40. They're they're using him at like he's practicing at receiver right now, <laughs> and he's gonna play receiver for him, and he's gonna be their wildcat quarterback. They're gonna like make a concerted effort to get him five six touches a game. Sounding like they they're they're in trouble at wide receiver. They're waiting on a uh, a graduate transfer waiver. It was a kid that I think transferred from like FCS or Division two their their skill position they're in, they're in trouble like that that this offense quietly could be really bad this year, and I don't think people have really recognized it yet, because of the Bobo hire and whatnot, but the mm-hmm. talent there is it's just not looking good. And then you bring in you know a new play caller like Bobo's going to have to have a magic wand to make some stuff happen there this year. With a
0: guy be. like Ryan Holinsky, who he's been, I'm not
1: even sure Holinsky's going to be a starter.
0: Well, that, I mean, it's kind of the point. Like who who's the yeah, guy, right? Who, even mm-hmm. I don't mean to, you know, mhm-, so it just suck it must champ,
1: right, and three and a <laughs> half is probably the the you know the right number, um to get there, they have to upset somebody though, like you're, be giving the you're giving them the win, you' giving them the win against Vanderbilt, you're giving them the win, against Missouri at home, um at least I am, and then yeah. it's like, but that missouri Ole miss like can't, they'll, they'll split those, let's say they split missouri Ole miss that little trip okay um so and they beat vanderbilt so that's two wins yeah so fine can they upset can they upset tennessee at home can they upset
0: kentucky. auburn at
1: home with and which is in a good spot can they beat kentucky on the road last game
0: yeah no i'm not buying it. they
1: get a at home off the buy that's there's some chances there for it but you're, but you're fishing you for
0: two it. wins man you really are to hit that over like, yeah I don't, I don't even think it's close yeah, um, yeah. That's, that's partially my hate for uh south carolina but like still you're you're really fishing for some wins there and and the thing is too like it when you talk about talent like at least you know pharaoh cooper or um uh, uh what's his name is with the 49ers now uh debo debo like well, brian edwards too he's with the raiders yeah i mean like all-time leading receiver
1: he started for four years and was good for them you, he's least... gone all those guys are gone
0: you had a couple guys who were like, man, they could go off and just change a game, and you you don't you don't ha- you don't have anything. So uh, it's it's the most must champ thing ever to finally get like a proven good
1: offensive of coordinator, and he's got nothing there
0: <laughs> oh, uh, right now. Man. You
1: know, you lose that offense was going to be built around Marshawn Lloyd, like they were going to run that kid to to wherever he could carry him. Like he was going to carry that offense, and losing him, you know, people don't. People, you don't follow recruiting or whatnot. If you're not that into it, people are just kind of not talking about it. That was a huge loss. Yeah. Like that, that kid was gonna mean everything to their offense this year. This year, in my opinion, and you lose him and get new coordinator. You got questioned the quarterback, receiver is a shrug emoji. It's just I don't know. I think it could get it could get ugly for them
0: um missouri we all know that what i think about uh, our good friend eli drinkwitz their line is set at three and when i look around you can give them the vanderbilt win uh, as we've given everybody and they've got that rivalry with arkansas so you know maybe both at home too yeah so okay now um can you beat mississippi state to end the season to get three can you beat South Carolina down the stretch there's there's a, there, there are opportunities for them to get the three potentially four see they they really start off with a, a punch in the face Alabama Tennessee lSU mm-hmm. you get Vandy uh and then well really
1: the four out of the first five really
0: yeah. tough so just winning one you feel okay about then you you you, you host uk before a bye week I think UK they get UK at a good spot too. Right after
1: they play Georgia, and what's going to be a I th- I'm projecting to be a monster game.
0: Right, right. So in in Missouri's put UK to sleep before. Um, like that w- we saw that the last time they were there, uh, in the two times before that, that that field has a way of putting UK to sleep. So you do have a chance there, and then it's a bye week, and you're like, okay, after Georgia, we've got three winnable games here. So. I think if you if you want to buy into the nerd, you can, um, but I'm not going to. Um, I'm taking the under. Yeah, um, I had them at three and
1: seven. Yeah. So you That's look gonna, at that uh-huh. that that three number is perfect. So I would probably stay away from it.
0: Ooh, Vanderbilt one and a half. Uh, my question to you, Adam, Mulkey, <laughs> could Vanderbilt beat Frederick Douglas?
1: Yes, they could beat Frederick
0: Douglass. I don't know. I don't we need to make this like um could the Kentucky, Kentucky beat, beat the, the Wizards or whatever it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was back when the Cavs were really crappy. But right. I mean, my goodness, they I they had somebody opt could out but Alabama beat the Jaguars. <laughs> the, Vandy had an offensive lineman opt out who transferred mm-hmm. there from Michigan. Michigan Steven Spinellis. Vanetti told me this, and I don't know if I can believe this, but they only have four offensive linemen on their roster. That can't be true, can it?
1: They've had that was they've had four opt out.
0: Oh, okay, okay. I think that's where you got a flip so, flop. But yeah, my God, poor Danny Clark.
1: Danny, well, Nick, here's what's gonna happen. This is just Adam reading in between the lines. Got a practice report, which, by the way, like I've been trying to find the beat writer. Um, to follow for like each team, so I can keep up to speed. I can't really find a Vandy. <laughs> like, I, I don't know where they're at. <laughs> just follow. Just follow. <laughs> or they don't. Get H-
0: him, him, and him, and Derek Mason so, uh, have a nice little rivalry.
1: So Chad Bishop, who used to write for uh, WKU, uh, he used to be a B- yeah. Well, he's he works. I think he wrote for a Vandy rival site, and then they hired him. Like the like their athletic, um, he writes for their official athletic website now. Okay. So he's a part of the communication team that I don't think got fired.
0: <laughs> he's the one guy that they left. <laughs>
1: well, he had a practice report that kind of – basically it talked about the quarterback battle and didn't really say he was ahead, but it gave a quote from the, offensive, from the offensive coordinator. And pretty much what the story said, two guys were in for spring. This true freshman from Texas was one of them. And the quote was like, I really like what I'm seeing from the true freshman. Ken Seals is his name. So this kid – they're going to run this kid out um, to start. And, I
0: just hope kid. I hope
1: it doesn't ruin it. Because what what it seems like is this kids got some potential, but they don't have much around him and
0: stop mm,
1: doubts have hit probably the hardest. They but they did have an opt in. Dimitri Moore opt back in.
0: Uh, yeah, he 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 opted out and he re-opted in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He re opted back in. And but,
1: but you look at a Vandy, they're gonna be like a two touchdown dog in like every game.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be bad. All right, and SP so plus came out with One and
1: a half. Is that's just no? Make you get one, maybe, but one and a half. You're that's reaching a little bit.
0: I'm actually going to look up those SP plus lines real quick that they put out today because I'm wondering just how far down the list it, you you have to go for Vandy to. I mean, they've got to be.
1: I did. I I calculated it up before the SP update.
0: Yeah, in, in which Kentucky was ranked in the top 25. Kind of nice to see the analytics uh, showing them some love. Uh, oh, my goodness. What did I just – oh, ESPN. I hate ESPN's website so much. You can't just control yeah, F, find stuff. It's miserable. They got autoplay videos. It's as bad as USA today. Uh, Vanderbilt's ranked 110th. They have a negative 11.6 SP. Plus. So, Kentucky's a 20-point favorite, 21-point uh, favorite okay. already.
1: Yeah. I've, I've got – I can read them out to you all right now. This is – this might change about a couple points, but this is what I had projected lines. Vandy plus 31 and a half at Texas A&M. LSU at Vandy plus 29. Oh, South Carolina at Vandy plus 15 and a half. Oh, Jesus. Vandy plus 15 at Mizzou. Ole Miss at Vandy plus 15 and a half. Vandy plus 16 at Mississippi State. That's two win SEC Mississippi State. Vandy plus 22 and a half at Kentucky. Florida at Vandy plus 29. Tennessee at Vandy plus 20 and a half. Vandy plus 36 and a half at Georgia.
0: My God.
1: So you're a two touchdown dog in every game. It's just, it's going to be brutal. I, f- I feel bad for them. I think they're in for a brutal season.
0: You know who's not in for a brutal season? The Kentucky Wildcats. Because mm-hmm. I've seen the our, our friends at the Cover Three podcast use five and a half as the number. The number four and a half. Seems probably more likely to be used, and that feels like just hammer that over. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is a oh they're just down in UK, but I, I do think there is a, an optic standpoint where Vegas is just in the in the toss-up games. They're still not really giving it to them. Right, five and five is the four, right? Like where? How do you even get to four? Yeah, I feel very strong about six and four. So
1: if you're getting a game and a half wiggle room. Take it, take it and run. I feel very strong about them getting the six and four.
0: Hammered down and and, I, I mean, the reason why I I, I love this is, is it's been three years straight, maybe even four now. I got into college football gambling only because the win total was so easy going in twenty eighteen. It was like five and a half or six. I think it was. It might have been five and a half or six. And a, I don't know. It was absurdly low, and they ended up winning nine regular season games, and it was. I was like, well, I guess I'm going to start – I guess I'm going to open an account with Uncle Bo because this is easy money. And it, I feel like it's happening again at four and a half. Uh, my, my question for you, like it, what, what's the, the highest you would find it that you wouldn't touch it over? Would you still go with it at five and a half?
1: Yeah, six. Six is kind of yeah. six. Six – six and a half.
0: And I don't even th- – I, I don't think you could find that absolutely anywhere. Six and a half, it would make me think under. But man, I, I don't think you'll find that anywhere else. Um, so go ahead, pick the Wildcats, be a homer, and just enjoy all yeah. your winnings I the mean, of the season.
1: We are I think 2019 2018, 2018, I think this the total's gone over every year. Yeah, yeah. So we're so you're stoops. since this bowl streak started, they that the season that that's the one number against the spread that really hasn't adjusted Kentucky's kind of been cash on his season totals over
0: cash money. Like, are you ready to cash some Derby tickets?
1: Yes. Nick questions for you. Yes. Hit me. Okay. In the most common way possible. Can you explain what a wheel is to me? Cause uh, I see it every year and I'm like, that sounds cool. I would like to bet it. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I let me read about wheel. And all I'm thinking about is wheel routes. Yeah, then yeah. then the race comes and I'm like, well, I probably would have lost that, but it would have been cool to bet a wheel. So tell me, what is a wheel?
0: So I, the it's really just a fancy way to phrase your how you're spreading it out in your exotic bet. So I, I don't think you really need to use it when you have your phone to bet on. And with KSR, if you use Naira Bets, you're getting 25 bucks for free. Uh, to play with, if you use the code uh, Derby twenty five when you sign up, but uh, free plug now, for bets You're welcome. But <laughs> essentially, when you you click on trifecta, uh, mm-hmm. you can wheel one horse to come first, second, third. But not every single one is kind of like that. Like you're you're not putting every single horse that could come in second. So you're
1: boxing them, but you're putting like
0: separate boxes around them. Like specific boxes. Right. You're only kind of boxing that one horse uh, per se. It's just a fancy way to say okay. box. The the one that I took, it took me a little bit to figure out was key. In keying uh-huh. a horse, key, I've heard that one too. You're going to want to key in the Kentucky Derby. You key tis it's, the law. Yeah. Over... Like if you know for
1: sure one person is going to win, you would key them?
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. So you're going to want to key tis the law, And then you sprinkle in some longer shots. And the two long shots that I really like, are on the inside rail That's enforceable in max player Uh, i'm not going to get into a variety of reasons but basically they're closers and the way this race sets up on the outside you've got all the really talented horses and they're going to break fast and try to get to the front and when you have something like that happen uh horse folks say the The pace just broke down. The race broke down. And that's when things can get wonky, and you can have these closers come from behind. And the thing with Max Player, he's got a new jockey. the old jockey used to piss me off because I really like this horse. He's ran against Tizzel a few times, but the 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 old jockey, I think it was Bayjarato used to take him wide down the middle of the track. Like you can't go from seven wide and catch Tizla law. But if Ricardo with Ricardo Santana on him, I think he can weave through some traffic on the inside and and makes him some noise. So I like those as some long shots. New York traffic, he's the the kind of front runner that uh, always comes in second um, to Tis the Law. So maybe him as well. But it's kind of disappointing, though, Luckett, that there- I, was think- I, was, I was thinking this was going to be some loaded field, and it, it's really not. Uh, the delay has not attracted more talented horses to join it.
1: Is there a bigger long shot you think has a really good chance to come in in the money?
0: Yeah, I, I think that's – that's your max. Po- I mean, there's 12 of the 18 yeah. horses at 30 to 1 or worse. Mm-hmm. That's that's insane. So
1: uh, there's chances that there's gonna that trifecta's gonna pay off a good man. Oh, yeah,
0: it's gonna pay off something crazy. Uh, even though the winner Tis the Law, who this is gonna be the heaviest favorite probably in derby history. <laughs> so yeah. uh prepare for that. But one thing you do not do don't i know we we know we got a lot of catholic school friends there's a lot of notre dame fans don't bet on south bend just <laughs> like you're 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 throwing your money away if you're betting on south end now me saying that the horse is going to come in the money and the traffic is going to be huge but like i can't i can't understand why anybody would bet on that horse aside from the name so uh take that for what you will even though like I'm doing the thing like it now where I'm like fading myself. And I'm like, you know, you go yeah, back and I, forth in your head. and
1: I do that too. I'll I'll make picks, college football, and then I'll get to Friday and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you get back and forth and you're just kind of like – then it's just – then you get to the game and then you're like 10 minutes in and you're like, well, I'm either on the right side or, yeah, oh, oh crap, I'm on the bad side. Hey, but
0: uh, what would I- have to happen if, for that, that dude to lose? He something really bad would have to happen out of the gate 17 we've never had a winner for 17 right no no and some people they like see the bad juju but they're also running the 20 horse gate this year there's no auxiliary Mm -hmm. gate so it should be cleaner coming out but like something disastrous would have to happen because like he ran typically the derby is the first time they run this far he ran in the Travers at this distance a month ago, and like just jogged the final. Like he didn't even run the final eighth of a mile, like final furlong, and just cruised. And some of those horses are in this race, so right, tis the law. He's a superstar. Don't take anything away from him, but it's just it's not going to be the same this year, and it's it's kind of a bummer. Um, yeah. on on the flip side, though, the Oaks has two badass fillies, and that's going to be a hell of a race: Gamine and Swiss Skydiver. Uh, Gay means baffert's horse that failed a drug test back in May. Oh yeah, the, I remember that original Derby day. And then Swiss Skydiver, she ran against the boys and came in second to the horse that was actually going to challenge Tis uh, the Law. scratched a art collector, so eh, kind of a bummer. But you know, this is what it is. This was Tis Law's race to win from the get go. Not surprised Bob
1: Baffert getting his hands dirty
0: bob baffert always he just has that look about him i yeah. don't know if it's the glasses or if it's the the white hair the silver fox like the stuff. guy at church you're like
1: yeah he's a bookie or something
0: something's going on there he's, <laughs> so doing he's got like purple yeah. shades on or yeah like he's, green. He's,
1: he's not paying his taxes or something
0: something's going on there <laughs>
1: something fishy about that guy
0: oh man well i'm gonna be enjoying quite a few mint juleps this weekend uh Plenty of bourbon. I hope everybody has a safe and fun Kentucky Derby, even though it's strange. And uh we get to enjoy some football too. That's what's going to be fun. Like, is we we're going to have man. some football games going on. The Eastern Kentucky Colonels are going to kick things off Saturday. Lock in BYU Monday night. Long Lock them up. It's the, the, the Naval Academy. Long as they're getting points, BYU is
1: money as a real dog. Lock them up.
0: Oh, you heard it here first, folks. And that's how you win some money, you listen to 11 personnel. We appreciate you hanging around a little bit longer this week. Um, Have a very safe Labor Day. Enjoy the final days of summer and the first football games of the season. And we're just one step closer to Kentucky football. To be here before you know it.